1: Welcome, my friends, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com. And since today is a very tactical day, I'm joined by not my co-host. My co-host is locked up in the mountains somewhere with no service. I'm joined by CPG private coach, Shu. Shu, how you doing, sir?
2: Good. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh... Long overdue. Maybe one day you and John can just get over. You know, take take everything over and squeeze me out of the picture. Man, yeah. man can dream.
2: That would be nice.
1: But. <laughs> um, what do we have uh, on the slate here?
2: Um. So today's episode is about four liner runouts, and specifically, you know, how to bluff catch on these types of runouts. So today we're going to look at two, I guess, semi-big pots where I had a strong hand on a four-liner board and faced some river aggression.
1: Yeah. And as we've learned over the past couple of weeks, four-liners happen about 10 to 15% of the time, depending on the flop texture, which is more than you would think. So pretty important to get these spots right. So without any further ado, let's dive into these hands. They're... Played, this, this first one's played at uh, 1K and L, so $5, $10 blinds on your favorite platform in the U.S. of A, Ignition. So we'll start breaking down the action. Everybody folds to the small blind, and Coach Hsu opens two thirty 30 with the Jack 10 of hearts. The big blind, three bets, and you call. Any thoughts of... 4-betting here, calling, pretty typical.
2: Yeah, pretty straightforward call. You know, our hand is too weak to 4-bet, too strong to fold, so just smack dab in the middle of a calling range.
1: Yeah, so you can eliminate folding, and you can eliminate 4-betting, which leaves the one option of calling. Uh, you start, the hand, you have villain covered. Villain starts with about 110 big blinds. Flop is ace-10-9 with... The nine ten of spades, no hearts. So you flop middle pair, checking to the pre-flop three better, and the pre-flop three better checks behind. So what's kind of going through your head when the the big blind checks back?
2: Um, seems like a pretty natural check. I think on this board, it's fairly dynamic, so he should expect me to check raise at a pretty decent frequency, meaning that he can't just see that his old range, and he's going to have. A pretty significant checking range i would imagine so yeah not too surprised to see a check and yeah pretty happy to see it because we get to now see the turn card for free
1: and the turn card that was very free is your jack of spades so you turn two pair mm-hmm. board is ace jack ten, nine with three spades so turn completes king queen as well as possible flush draws although fairly less likely since villain check behind on the flop
2: Yep. So yeah, even though we have two pair, the straight and the flush completes, so it's like a marginal strength hand at best. Um, there are arguments for possibly betting this, but mostly just checking this, hoping to get the show down as cheaply as possible.
1: Yeah, I think the argument for betting would entail that you're probably not going to get raised that often mm-hmm. on the turn because... Once villain checks back the flop, I mean, maybe they could check back some nut flushes too, like Ace Deuce, Ace Three, Ace Four, Ace Five of Spades. Those hands would actually make sense. So, so they are actually still uncapped. So, yeah, you might end up getting raised, but I think the one problem is when you bet the turn and villain calls, you're still behind quite often with <laughs> no real way of knowing. Um, so, anywho. You go ahead and check. And now, Villain bets a third.
2: Yeah, pretty slam dunk, bluff catching spot. Um, I think like thoughts of raising are similar to, you know, why we shouldn't bet the turn. You know, we probably can't raise the turn either, even versus a small bet because we're not going to beat enough of the calling range and just, you know, inflating the pot out of position with a margin hand. end.
1: Yeah, and it's just a slam dunk call and you get to always realize equity by calling. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think raising is like, you know, exponentially greater than, um, you know, it just creates exponentially more problems than just outright betting the turn with your two pair. So Mm -hmm. definitely wouldn't be raising. Uh, The river is our theme of the day, the seven of diamonds. So we have ace, jack, 10, nine, seven. So any eight makes a straight and Villain has flush Flushes available as well. You check, and Villain bets two-thirds here on the river. So, first thought
2: is, you know, what are Villain's natural bluffs? And honestly, don't see a whole, whole lot of natural bluffs. Maybe some of, like, the suited King X and the Queen X, like King 5 suited or something, or Queen 5 suited. Those types of hands.
1: Um, Maybe some of the weird ones, like... Yeah, X off that somehow have a spade.
2: Right. Um there are some bluffs, but not a ton. And then I asked myself, do I ever dominate value? So is villain ever value betting a worse hand? And it's possible they have a hand like Jack 9 or 109. Um, so we do dominate a very small portion of their value range, but Ultimately, they just have a lot of straights, sets, flushes, and better two pairs.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's pretty ambitious for villain to be. I mean, like nine ten has to check back the flop. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't think nine ten really checks back the flop.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Ever. So we're looking at like Jack nine exactly. They don't bet nine seven. Um, maybe maybe Ace. Oh yeah. I was gonna say ace jack, but we, we say lose to that.
2: <laughs> yeah. all, the, all the ace jack, ace ten, ace nine, yeah, ace seven even.
1: Yeah, so like, and they just have a lot of King Queen. I mean, it it it's really difficult to find natural <laughs> bluffs here. So, I mean, I assume you folded. it. I haven't seen this hand, but
2: right. We need to be good like somewhere around 30% of the time, and I just couldn't imagine us winning 30%. So I folded.
1: Yeah. Even in loose formation, like I think it's a a really good fold um four straights just especially dangerous with flush available too and villain could check back some some flushes uh what hands do you defend with here on the river like seven eight
2: well yeah all my straights are calling i would imagine like sets probably have to call because you're beating more of the two pair combos maybe like Set of tens are or better or calling everything worse or maybe, maybe just like all my sets call and then like all my two pairs probably just
1: fold kind of hard to have a set here in blind versus blind right I'm, mm-hmm. you're generally four betting like tens maybe nines makes sense yeah yeah, um, yeah
2: probably just call with nines in my streets maybe talk yeah. to might sneak in there but i'd be on the fence with top two yeah
1: you're blocking some of the hands that you would like them to be value betting.
2: Yeah.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. I think it's a, it's a good fold. What do we, do we have any whole cards? No, we don't.
2: Oh yeah. Villain had a ACE eight offsuit. So they rivered the street. Mm.
1: We just have to take your word for it here on tactical Tuesday. You just breeze (laughs) right in and tell, tell the listener whatever they want to hear. Yeah, guys don't, don't worry. They had the ACE (laughs) eight. Uh, well right. I believe you this time let's take a break and check out hand number two I believe this one's at 2K&L right
2: yep next one's at 2K&L
1: exciting stuff
0: you've survived preflop bootcamp you've shot the fish in a barrel now prepare yourself for the feeding frenzy A comprehensive strategy for gutting every fish in your player pool. Data-driven hero bluffs, light call-downs, and perfect value bets that are maximally designed to hurt some feelings. Feeding Frenzy. Available now at ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Feeding Frenzy.
1: All right. Welcome back to the Coach Shoe edition of Tactical Tuesday, where the theme is playing on four straight runouts. And I should have gotten to this in the first segment. However, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, bad, I'm a bad host, Shoe. Please, you, you can have my forgiveness here. Um, you have taken over as a CPG private coach. Any, anything you'd like to talk about as it relates to coaching? Yeah, sure.
2: If you want to hear me do my best Brad impression for an hour and 15 minutes, come get some coaching.
1: <laughs> Boy, with with a sales pitch like that, you'll be beating them off with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> They're lining up the line, lining out the door. Um, but no, it's been, it's been really good. Like just from my perspective, seeing your growth and progression, not just as a player, but as a coach over the past six to nine months, ever Mm -hmm. since, you know, you left your job as a mechanical engineer. It's just, these are, you know, seeing stuff like that is what makes what I do so fulfilling, just killing. And then also you're, you're helping other guys improve, get better. You're communicating better and It's just, yeah, it's a great thing to see. It's very rewarding. And I'm very grateful for, you know, folks like you and John that are really kind of the fruit of my labor, you know, as well as the other wolves.
2: Yeah. Just trying to maximize my CPG experience.
1: I think you're, I think you're, you're doing a pretty damn good job. Me me and John are going to be doing a a wolf episode in the near future. And we have, um, you know, your graph over the past year and it's it's a beautiful thing. It brings a little little tear to my eye. It's really, really nice. Um, speaking of your graph bringing a tear to my eye, let's talk about this hand at, at 2K. Battling in the 2K streets these days, and you have a pretty good hand in the big blind. One might argue it's the second best hand in No Limit Hold'em, the Cadillac of poker. You, you have two kings. Button opens, small blind three bets. I assume this is a cold four city.
2: Yep, this is exactly where you want to be when you have pocket kings.
1: Well, maybe not exactly, but <laughs> 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 we'll take it. Everybody's putting money in the pot. Um, so you called for to 470, which is about 23 big blinds. So right on the money, the button folds and the small blind calls and you start the hand with like 125 bigs or so yeah that's right
2: a little more i start the hand with like 2700 or something
1: yeah 2700 the villain has you covered so we can we can play for stacks you get an interesting flop there's 990 in the pot The flop is ace, king, ten. So you flop a set on triple Broadway, monotone, and the small blind checks. So let's talk about this flop spot. Because I think the flop is actually maybe the most interesting node.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, We've talked about this hand, so just going to repeat what we talked about in the past. But it's a spot where we have all the sets, but we don't have any straights or flushes. And the small blind has straights and flushes but has maybe only pocket tens as their sets Mm -hmm. pretty interesting spot um in game i decided to bet a third because i thought a set was pretty strong here Mm -hmm. but um in hindsight probably checking is better because many bad runouts you know we can easily get money in on later streets and
1: we don't have flushes (laughs) we we don't have flushes or straights you know
2: the one can just like raise their flushes and straights, and we just have to put the money in
1: yeah it's actually like what hand what lower equity hands do you have here that bet the flop like queens with a queen of hearts i think that hand is like a really interesting hand to have
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it's also a spot where i don't have many bluffs which
1: is
2: weird just a weird spot.
1: Yeah. I think Queens with the Queen of Hearts, I may just go Berserk mm-hmm. and start basically bet bet the flop with the intent of putting the money in on the future streets. And I mean, even if it's, you bet bet the flop and they jam, like okay, we still have a ton of equity.
2: Well, yeah, it's it, queen queens with the queen of hearts is basically like the nut combo draw.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll call Queens with the Queen of Hearts your Low, low, lower equity hand <laughs> that you might bet. Um, probably should just be checking range, I think.
2: Yeah, that looks like the cleaner play in hindsight. Yeah. Hard to, it's hard to not get excited when you flop a set in a four-bet pot. It take. is.
1: It's much easier to find the check back when you're in a low-pressure environment and you have you know infinite time to think about everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you bet a third, they call turn is a queen of spades so now we have our famous four-liner ace king queen 10 with the ace king 10 of hearts sbr is a little bit more than one villain checks and i see no reason to bet the turn unless you can give me a reason shu
2: yeah bet the turn to check back the river and get squeak out some value
1: from worse sets and two pairs jab bet the turn and then you get jammed on yep yeah <laughs> and then you hate everything and probably don't get a chance to realize your equity which makes you hate everything even more
2: yeah yeah yeah. that wasn't a serious suggestion i was just trying to
1: hey you know you
2: just play play the devil's
1: advocate um but yeah like again you know we didn't have many straights on the flop or any straights on the flop. We probably don't have any straights on the turn villain mm-hmm. may have more straights now if they have like, you know, ACE jack or jack 10 or something uh, along those lines, or even jacks. I think jacks is a hand that probably makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, villain checks, you check back to realize your equity and pray to God and you know, the <laughs> poker God that's watching above to pair the board. Poker God says, go F yourself, Coach Shue. You get the three of diamonds, and then you got to make a decision because villain overbet rips the river.
0: Yeah,
2: not a very exciting spot with the set. Um, So we need to be right a, a little over a third of the time and just looking for some bluffs villain would need to be turning some two pairs into bluffs like ace 10 or king queen or something like that um possibly like pocket nines with a heart could be in their range but it's really hard for villain to have
1: (laughs) a set of tens
2: set of tens into a bluff yeah yeah i think i think you're better i think you win versus ace king and ace queen enough where you don't have to bluff a set
1: Better safe than sorry is not what John says. <laughs> Better be safe. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I, could,
2: I couldn't find many natural bluffs. There's yeah. many straights and some low-frequency flushes in there. Mm-hmm. Like 3-bet and then call it a 4-bet with like 7-8 suited or something. So yeah. some flushes, many straights, not many bluffs.
1: So makes it just uh, fold the river on the 4-straight. That's the theme. There's a 4-straight we should probably be searching desperately for the fold button or (laughs) the board, board pairing button. Um, villain just, as you said, they have a lot of straights, they have flushes, they don't have a lot of bluffs. If Mm -hmm. they do somehow show up with like a set of tens or the random ACE five of diamonds or something, then hats off to them. Well played. Mm -hmm. I think in general, it's just really difficult for them to find enough bluffs, uh, so you, you go ahead and make the fold on the Ace-King-Queen-Ten tray board. Um, mm. And the villain shows up with, well, you can't see. You can't <laughs> see. What, what is this? What is this? These hands that, that were sent my way where you can't see. I, I know what they had because I saw the result before. They had the Queen-Jack of Diamonds. Um, and I do think that villain messed up by not just ripping the flop like oh, yeah. yeah they should have just ripped the flop i mean when you bet this board like you're almost never bet folding mm-hmm. don't you think
2: maybe yeah they just they probably thought like they don't have any bluffs and neither do you yeah, maybe, <laughs> it could just be a spot where like you just jam because you have a you have a street and like it doesn't matter if you have bluffs or not
1: yeah like you have, so like the, the four better just has a bunch of hands that have equity that pretty much are forced to call the jam. Uh And whenever somebody bets and like, they just have, have almost all hands that are forced to call, you just rip. And then, then at that point you you might realize, Oh shit. Wait a minute here. (laughs) I don't have the straights and they do. I don't have the flushes and they do, but you got a set so we have equity so you, you can't really fold you know yeah Um, so yeah I, I think if they rip the flop you're pretty much toast but luckily they didn't and I think this board too like lots of bad things could happen for them oh like yeah just four flushes and four straights and things the could first. just get yeah the, things get very dicey for them out of position better to just like um, better to just like neutralize the positional disadvantage, and you know, go ahead and get the money in. I mean, look right here, right, right. Like you check back the turn to realize equity and didn't put money in when mm-hmm. the board didn't pair. Like that's really bad for them out of position. You know,
2: maybe they missed the turn dunk.
1: The turn dunk.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm being, I'm being honest. I think I think the turn could be a dunk.
1: It could be. Especially because you don't have many straights. Yeah. But if the turn's a donk, then the flop should just be a rip. <laughs> like. <laughs> but actually, I think you, you're probably right in that. Like the in position player is just gonna check mm-hmm. back. If you missed a flop check raise, and the in position player just like checks back and over realizes their equity every time, like you yeah. you pretty much have to donk.
2: Yeah. Oh, now I know what to do when I'm out of position here.
1: Yeah whenever they have all the sets, you just jam (laughs) (laughs) or call and wait for the board to get scary and donk. That's (laughs) for more, for more top shelf coaching sessions, you can uh, check out chasingpokergreatness.com and (laughs) book a consult with you. Um, It's been good, man. I I, I enjoy, yeah, enjoy breaking down these hands with you and maybe we'll have some Coach Bradless uh, tactical Tuesdays with you and John in the future, I I somewhat shudder to think about what would happen, but also it'd be the first time that I listened to a tactical Tuesday back in, in quite a while. Um, yeah. Anything, anything you'd like to add before we, we call it a day. Nope. All right. Well, John and I, maybe we'll see you next week. Yeah. See you next week. You missed it. You said no.
0: Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.